your customers are going to say things about you that are dictated by how you show up in the marketplace. <laughs> sure. You exactly. Have a massive amount of influence on what your customers end up saying about you. And that's important. That's why you need to put a lot of thought into your message, into who you serve, into what type of book you're going to write, into what type of, you know, podcast slash video channel you're going to put together. All of those are super, super important. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. We've all heard the term thought leader, but what does that really mean? And how do you become a well-known thought leader in your industry? Well, today we're talking with Nikki Ballou, an international best-selling author, co-founder of eCircle Academy, and creator of the Thought Leader, Heart Leader designation. Nikki has interviewed over 300 of the world's top thought leaders. And today he's sharing his story with us and the bold moves he's made along the way. Nikki, welcome to Be Bold Branding. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you, sir. The we're honor very, is ours. Yeah, well, pleasure's on this end. We're excited about it. Let's start with something that might be fairly obvious. So, Nikki, let's start with the most obvious thing. Please define thought leader for us in your terms. That's a great question. The great Matt Church, who's a thought leader out of Australia, has the best definition for it, and I'm going to borrow it. And the best way to define a thought leader is by drawing a sharp distinction between an expert and a thought leader. An expert is someone who knows something. Experts are a dime a dozen. But a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Thought leaders are rare and valuable. Another way to put it is an expert is like a cover band while a thought leader plays original music. Inside your space, if you're a thought leader, you're the go-to person in your space. Think about a couple of really, really large, well-known computer companies. One of them is Dell Computer. The other one is Apple. Now, back in 1998, both of them were around the same size. They're around seven, eight, nine billion dollars a year in revenue. One of them was led by a thought leader. The other one wasn't. So the one that was led by a thought leader is now the world's most valuable company. The other company is worth about 80 billion a year in revenue. So would you like to guess who was the leader of Apple Computer back in those days? Steve Jobs. Um, you might know who the leader of Dell Computer was back then. It's Michael Dell. The company was actually named after him. Right? Uh -huh. But Dell created a company that was really good at building computers, computer parts, and did a great job of getting them out there. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs didn't just build a computer company. Steve Jobs built a company that was dedicated to the proposition that men and women with passion could change the world. And mm -hmm. that's how he put himself out there. And he kept talking about that. He became known for that. And that's how Apple went from a company that was barely surviving when he got there in 1997, 1998, to the world's most valuable company today. And if right. you think about it, thought leadership allows you to create a level of brand in your organization that will help you take it to another level. 
Now, that's true if you're a solopreneur, coach, consultant, speaker, author. You can be known as the go-to person in your space. You can grow your practice from wherever it is to one, two, three, five, ten million dollars. And that's also true if you run a company and your company is doing well. It could be a multi-million dollar company, but maybe it's not doing as well as you want it to be. And if you want it to go to the next level, then we got to work on having your brand, your thought leader brand, be tightly associated with your company and to build it and put it out there so that boom, the world knows who you are and your business grows. Because when you've got a thought leader brand, people flock to buy from you. People mm -hmm. flock to work for you and investors flock to give you money. Look at Apple, look at Elon Musk and the companies that he owns. Elon Musk just bought Twitter and a whole bunch of people jumped all over being a part of that investment. Now, objectively, is Twitter a great investment? Debatable we'll, at best. We'll it's say. subjective. <laughs> it's subjective. I'm going right. to say no. Without Elon Musk being involved, Twitter was a terrible investment. Oh, yeah, it was dead. Elon Musk being involved, Twitter's potentially a great investment. Yeah. That's yeah, what can exactly. happen. So if there's a person listening to this podcast today, let's say they run a trucking company, and let's say it's a $40 million a year trucking company. If they want it to be a $400 million a year trucking company, the best and fastest way for us to do that is for them to have someone like me show them how to create their personal brand tie it tightly into the company, put a book together for them, put a podcast together on a YouTube channel, have them go on shows like this one and like TV and radio shows and other podcasts, and then just be spreading the gospel of their organization. A good 25, 30% of their time needs to be on putting the word out with them tied in as the brand. It's like mm -hmm. them being the founder of their organization is great, but a branded founder, a thought leader founder, just takes it to a whole new level. It does. It does. And, you know, I learned that back in 1988 when I first joined the radio world. I got into radio and I noticed that there were business owners in my market that were like rock stars. Everybody was scrambling to talk to them at different networking events. And they had two things in common. First, they were almost always number one in their industry, in that market. And number two, they were the face and the voice of their business. They were that thought leader. They weren't just talking about what they know. They were talking about, they were leading the charge in that industry, which was a big deal. And that's when I really came to understand how much personal branding can affect a business and a profit of a business. And that's really, you know, why Brandface exists today in that realm. So totally love that description of the difference between the expert and the thought leader. It's absolutely true. Thought leader is that go-to authority. Let's talk about that for a moment. What does it take? Because I know you mentioned, you know, getting on podcasts and getting your brand dialed in and getting a lot of things, you know, what are the top two or three things really that it takes to make sure you get to that thought leader position? Well, first of all, you've got to have uh, an idea of who you're out there to serve, right? Who is yep. it that has the pain points that you and your organization solve? You, you got to know who that is. You got to know what their pain points are. You got to have a really clear, well dialed in message. If you don't have that, if you got a crappy message, like so many people do, you ask people what they do. Well, we're a trucking company. No, that's not what you do. That's what you think you are, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. what do you do? 
Well, what we do is we help organizations that need their stuff moved from here to there, get it there at a great price with fantastic peace of mind. Now that's a message. That's right. a message. The first one is not a message. Or if you're some sort of advisor or coach, what do you do? I help people get rid of overwhelm. What? What does that even mean? Don't you understand <laughs> what that even means? No, but if you said something like, I help CEOs who've been burning out for the last three years to overcome burnout so they can get back on track and run their company the way they, they did before they burned out. Now, that's the message. You mm -hmm. need to have yeah. a really good, powerful message, right? So let's just make that step one. Step number two, you got to start creating your own platforms to get the message out there. So having a book that's tied in to your overall message and brand message is good. So I got a bunch of books that I've written. If I can show you a few of them here, right? Yep. This is a book I wrote, How to Create a Million Dollar Year Income. I wrote it with one of my clients. In fact, I helped them write it. This is a political book I wrote basically to get rid of wokeism and wokeness. <laughs> <laughs> This is another book that I wrote, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion. This is a book I wrote called The Thought Leader's Journey. It's written in the form of a fable. It talks about some of these principles in there. And this is a book I wrote, Power of Connecting, How to Create Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. Why is it important that I have these books? Well, that's part of my brand. Credibility. Yeah. Nikki Billu is somebody who talks about, you know, networking, connecting, thought leadership, creating million dollar incomes, all that good stuff. So if somebody had a book like that and they're a CEO of an organization, that would help them. Next thing, they ought to create some sort of a, a podcast and or a YouTube channel or other video channel if they don't want to do it on YouTube, right? Because that's going to help them get their message out in a big and powerful way. So they need that to be consistent with the brand they're creating, consistent with the message in their book. So, you know, if you're a business owner and you really like sports, you can mention sports once in a while in your podcast and in your videos, but if you start creating a video that's all about sports and nothing about your business, it's not going to do so great for you, you, you mm -hmm. know? And then they got to go on shows, shows like yours, radio shows, television shows. They got to be out there and they got to be putting the message out. If they take all these three steps with a really, really powerful message, it's well thought out. They don't just haphazard say, okay, I got a book. I got this. I got that. If, if it all comes together, then they're going to start to get some traction from the marketplace. The marketplace is going to see them and their organization for being the type of organization that stands for this and helps this kind of people. You know, you take a look at Patrick Bet David of Valuetainment. Do you know him and his channel? So Yeah, I've heard of Valuetainment. Sure. Yeah. So Patrick Bet David, before he started Valuetainment, he was an insurance guy. He had an insurance brokerage. You know, he had 200 agents working for him. He was successful. He made a couple million a year. Nothing to sneeze at, but once he started Valuetainment and he wrote five books and he started going on other shows himself, he's got 27,000 agents now. This is just in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. 27,000 agents. He's making $275 million a year. That's a massive <laughs> jump from $2 million. Absolutely. And that's what doing this sort of thing can make possible for a CEO. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We hear that a lot about books and podcasts, and they do position you as an authority. They give you that credibility. And what I love about all of this is that it allows you to create that position, right? I want to know what you think about this, Nikki. A long time ago, somebody said, well, you don't really dictate your brand. Your customers dictate your brand. They tell you what your brand is. How do you feel about that statement? 
Well, at a surface level, there's some truth to it. It's true. The brand is what your customers say about you. But your customers are going to say things about you that are dictated by how you show up in the marketplace. It doesn't <laughs> happen in a vacuum. Yes. They don't just sit down and go, hmm, let me see. What do I think about brand face? No, they're going to find out what they're going to say about brand face based on the types of things you put out in the marketplace. Sure. So exactly. A massive amount of influence on what your customers end up saying about you. And that's important. That's why you need to put a lot of thought into your message, into who you serve, into what type of book you're going to write, into what type of you know podcast slash video channel you're going to put together. All of those are super, super important. Yeah, agreed. And they have to tie together. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like you're saying, they have to tie together. If you write a book that doesn't have anything to do with your brand in the direction that you're going, then you haven't, you know, it's good that you wrote the book, but it's not going to help you. You got, you can, you can open up, you start your podcast. It's the easiest thing in the world, but if it doesn't, talk about the core values of what you are. If it doesn't have the message that you're putting out there that you want everybody to remember to be top of mind awareness, you really, why are you doing it? And uh, you know, we deal with a lot of clients that way where we have to pull all of that together, uh, you know, because uh, so many people have so many projects going on, you know, uh, we find that to be a phenomenon these days, but it all has to be like pointed at that ideal customer and speaking that ideal customer's language. And uh, if you want it to be powerful, if you want to go from, you know, 2 million a year to 200 and what'd you say? 65 million. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. It's great. What is a charlatan marketer and how can you avoid him or her? What a great question. eh? So I'll tell you what a charlatan marketer is. A charlatan marketer is somebody who promises everything and delivers nothing. You know, they're really good at selling. They yep. suck at delivery. They just yeah. do. You know, I'll tell you a little story if you don't mind. I'm originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was a young, young boy, the Islamic revolution was happening in Iran. And um, my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall and he could see this wasn't going to be a great place for him to raise his Christian family. So he hustled us out of Iran. Eventually we settled in Canada. It was his sister who came to Georgia. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to him. I'm so grateful because he took us from tyranny to freedom. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the most important thing in the world. Freedom, freedom, free expression, free enterprise. And my father was a big champion of all that as well. He was an entrepreneur, but he was an uplifter of people. If my dad knew you and you were looking for a job, he'd get you a job. If you were trying to start a business, he'd help you start a business. Even if you're going to compete with him, he didn't care about that. He just wanted to help people. You think about that. Who does that, Mm -hmm. honestly? And if you worked for him and you were looking to buy a car or a house or an apartment and you didn't have enough money, dad would top you up so you could get that car, that house or that appointment. And again, I ask you, who does that? Right. Well, my dad did that, Napoleon Ballou, God rest his soul. And why? Well, first of all, he's a Christian. He believed that he'd been blessed by God. And because he'd been blessed by God, he was obligated to share those blessings with others. But secondly, he did it because he could. He had the financial wherewithal to do it. And me, I wanted to be just like that. I wanted to help people. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought thought he was the greatest human being that ever lived. And I still do. And what I saw when I got into the marketplace was there's a lot of good people out there who created some success for themselves in business, but they're not necessarily business people. They were really good technicians who just were good at what they did and their business got to a certain level of success. And as a result, sometimes they would not go after business they should go after because they didn't want to come across as pushy or salesy 
or like they reeked of commission breath. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's when the charlatan marketer step because they don't care. They're just going to go and grab that business, right? Mm -hmm. and why is that bad? Well, it's bad because those good people miss out on the business and they don't get the money they should. It's bad because that client could have been helped by that good person and they're not. And it's bad because that charlatan marketer gets the business and they don't deliver, you know, so that client doesn't get the help. And the charlatan marketer, well, they're just building up a bad karma bank for themselves. Yeah, right. And what I saw was this is not good. And I want to help people, good people, understand how to win in business. So I just racked my brain. I go, how can I do that? Because I never had that, that fear of, of asking for business, you know, and I thought, wait a minute, it's the word sales. That's the problem here. The word sales is just conjuring up all this negativity in so mm. many good, successful people, right? Right. And then I thought, what if we could reframe that word from sales to service? Nobody wants to be sold, guys. You don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold, right? Right. But don't you love to buy, especially from a good, caring person? Like you ever go to Nordstrom's or Tiffany's, man, the way they treat you there, you love being served by those people. You, you'll you buy do. the whole store if you had enough money yeah. on you. You do. You, know, you really would. That's really a big part of what I started to teach good people was how to go from selling to service. Because if you go from selling to service, then it's a lot easier to ask for the business. And mm -hmm. the charlatans then don't have an opportunity to get a foothold. You know what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say here? I do. And so- you got to understand that everyone has to understand listening to this. The first part of that brand message of you is be a good, caring human being. You know, those people sitting in front of you, either you, really you, or your company and its sales folks, they're all people. They're all somebody's wife, somebody's sister, somebody's daughter, somebody's husband, somebody's brother, somebody's son. They are a hero to someone and they've been disappointed by life. Maybe. They've even been disappointed by someone or a company just like yours who promised them everything and delivered them nothing. And so it's your job to remember business is first and foremost a people game, not a money game or a numbers game. And I want to say this again, and I want people to write this down. Business is a people game. It's not a money game or a numbers game. And as long as you remember that and you stand steadfast wanting to make a difference for your that man or woman, that human being in front of you, you are going to create great success for yourself. And if yeah. you're not going to do that, if you're going to be someone who's going to be focused on the numbers and the money, then you won't. I love it because yeah. it, it is so true. You know, I'm in the real estate business and I teach uh, my agents that very same thing. I'm like, if you if you're getting into this because uh, you watch too much HGTV and you think it's just a cool way to do it. Um, you're not in the right business. Like you are, you have to be a professional first, which means that you're there to serve your clients and help them, even if there's nothing at the end of that. But if you will approach it that way, there will be more at the end of that road than you can spend because you have to go at it first and foremost. It's about the so people. True. It's about the service that you're providing for them. They don't know. They think they know they don't. You have to, you know, handle them right. You have to learn personalities and stuff. You know, they're probably not attack attacking you. They're probably not ignoring you. They're probably busy. Like all of those things that are very important. You have to approach it first and foremost, like a service. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great takeaway. And Nikki, what you said about them being disappointed and people oh, yeah. and the charlatan marketers out there. If I had a nickel for every time that our team was on the phone with somebody and they expressed that, 
you know, this has happened to them. People have promised things that they can't deliver. It makes me sad. And it happens all the time, all the time. And it is a pleasure to be able to correct that thought process in somebody. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it makes you feel so good at the end of the day. It's like, we've done everything we can to deliver everything we promised. But even better than that, do you feel like we did that? You know, mm-hmm. do, like was, did that come across in the way we treated you every day? And that's really important. But, you know, one of the projects you're doing, Nikki, I'm really interested in actually two of them, but um, tell us a little bit about your two podcasts real quick. Sure. Um, my uh, first podcast is called the Thought Leader Revolution, and it is um, a podcast where we interview the top thought leaders in the world and basically ask them to share their secrets of how they got to be where they are. And essentially, what we want to do with those episodes is give people actionable steps and tips that they can take right away, immediately upon listening to the episode, take it into their business and use it right away to make a positive difference for themselves. So I'll give you an example of couple of folks we've had there. We had Dr. John Maxwell on the show, but he's actually, I think he's originally from uh, from Atlanta, uh, although he lives in Florida right now. And um, on the show, he, he talked about the importance of leadership and how he walks that talk. He talks about it. He writes books about it. He talks about what it takes to be a successful leader. And if you listen to that episode, there's five, six, seven really good takeaways in that episode that you can take into your business right away. You know, we had... Um, Marie Forleo on the show. She used to be Oprah Winfrey's coach. Mm-hmm. Same with her. Five, six really good actionable things that are in that show. I also do a second episode a week called The Thought Leader Nugget, where it's me for five to 10 minutes. And I just take one nugget and I talk about that nugget and I encourage people to take that nugget and apply it into their business. So that's the first step of thing we do. Our second podcast is called The Sovereign Man Podcast. It's for men. It's all about helping men in you know today's crazy world. I think the world has turned against men and masculinity and manhood in, in a lot of ways. And we want a place where men can come and be around other men and, you know, be appreciated for being a man, have an iron sharpened iron and, you know, also be held to account for being a man because that's something that's not done much these days for men. They're being treated in a a very feminized way. And I I don't think that's good for men at all. It's not good for society. It's not good for the world. You know, there's a little meme video out there, Chinese military recruiting video. A lot of strong, tough men dressed in uniform, military garb, doing, you know, strong military-esque things. You watch that, you're a young man, you go, damn, I want to do that. Then there's the Russian military video, very similar. Again, a lot of strong, tough men. Again, the first one speaking in Mandarin, the second one speaking in Russian, you know, martial music, all that's there. And then there's the U.S. military recruiting video, and there's some soft music. And then there's some wimpy looking dude going, let's talk about pronouns. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Well, that was the project I really wanted you to talk about because it's fascinating. I I think it's commendable that you're doing it. And I happen to be, despite how many listeners we may or may not lose from this episode, doesn't matter to me. I stand my ground. You are correct that men need to be men. And I applaud you for that. So And, And good men. Uh, and I think that's uh, yes, we, we good, have this conversation. Men. We have yes. this conversation all the time, and that's uh, it's very important that uh, that men be good men. 
And um, I think that that's been something lost, you know, for a long time. I quote my grandfather a whole lot. He was a good man. He was a World War II veteran and uh, he was a good man and had good, awesome. good ethics and morals and, and uh, worked hard every day and did well in life and took care of his neighbors. And um, he did, uh, he lived the life. And so those things really appeal to me. They really do. Well, I'm glad, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll say this to you. I mean, if there's a man that's listening to this and you're feeling a little unsure, unsteady, lost, well, you just don't have men in your life because men need men in their life. You know, and even if you're, you're a married man and you got a solid family and you don't have men in your life that you can go talk to, and I don't mean go have a beer with and have inane conversations. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm talking about men in your life that you can go to and spill your guts if there's something that's bothering you uh, and men that'll tell you the truth that won't sugarcoat it if you don't have that you need that and i strongly recommend that you go find that and one place you can find it is at sovereign man you can go to our, our website sovereignman.ca and it's all kinds of info there you, you can check out and you can find out how you can participate you can come to any of our men's meetings for free we got a bunch that we do over zoom or if you want to fly to Toronto, you can come to a live meeting, but the Zoom meetings are always available. And we, we let everybody come to, to at least one meeting free of charge as a guest to check out what it's like to be around good, solid, powerful men. And we force these men to learn. Every month, there's a book of the month. You got to read it. You got to come in there and apply the lessons of the book to your life. And that's important in my in my view. And more men need to do that. Every man needs to do something like that. Yeah, I like that. I and I agree a hundred percent. And and you know, you're you're also following principles that are important for all of us. Period. All all humans. We should never. Uh, you know, they. What's the quote? You know, show me a person's library, and I'll tell you where their mind died. We need to be in good stuff, reading good stuff all the time, especially in this media-driven world. You know what I mean? The real world, the street people out here. We gotta and, know. <laughs> you would be shocked at how many good men come there. To our program, right now we got 19 men that are in it, which is way too few. We, we need to grow that to 10,000. But there's men there who go, who've come to me and said, I've read more books this year than since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. There's men who've come to me and said, I haven't read a book in five years. And this year I've read 10. I'm like, oh my God. Yep. That's, yep. Nothing be, I, that's nothing to be proud of that you haven't read a book in five years, but I'm glad you read 10 books this year. Well, I got I got a quote like Tremendous Jones. Have y'all ever heard of Tremendous Jones? Charlie Tremendous Jones. Sure. He's awesome. I love that. <laughs> the best, man. And he says the only thing that's going to be different about us five years from now is how many friends we have and how many books we've read. And uh, I, I love his book. What books you read? That's it. Yeah, that is so true. And he said that years ago. So that's awesome. Oh yeah, he really is. Hey, Nikki, you're awesome too, man. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I appreciate the wisdom in the business. You paired a lot of the things that we believe in our heart too, clearly about the right message to the right people, you know, at the right time. And as Tanya says, enough times. And that's what matters. You know, uh, you, people got to get that dialed in if they want to take their business to higher levels. Here's something that, uh, that we always ask our guests when they're on here. If our listeners had the freedom to visit anywhere in the world, which place would you recommend to them and why? Anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Man, that's easy. Jefferson Memorial and read the immortal words from the Declaration of Independence. Uh -huh. These truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I want everyone to stand there, feel the majesty of those words wash over them and imbue them with a desire to live life as free men and women and go out there and use that freedom to create the type of life they always dreamed of, the type of life they deserved. Man, that might be the best answer ever. Bravo. Ever. That's beautiful. (laughs) Fantastic. You're a beautiful person. You are a beautiful Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yes, you are. So on the sad note that we have to part here, just temporarily, what is the best way for people to reach you, Nikki? You mind if I tell one last story before we do that? Of course. Yeah. I'm going to put this link up here for anybody who uh, is watching this, you know, video. Um, The link is up here and we'll give it to you here in a moment. So a few years ago, a lovely lady was introduced to us. I I work with my lady too. Her name's Teresa. Y'all ought to have her on your show sometime. She's pretty, she's pretty special. She's, um, we'd love to set three world records for running 12 hours on a treadmill. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just talk to her about that, Tanya. You and her. <laughs> just Oh, yeah. We can do that. Tanya, it'd, be, it'd be pretty cool. I, th- I think you ladies would get along. Anyways, this lady was introduced to us, and she had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's oldest and largest personal development firms. And she was very good, and she brought a man on to help her run the company whom she thought was very talented. And kind of like Steve Jobs back in the day when he brought John Scully to help him run Apple, you know, just like Steve and John, at first they got along great, but after about a year or so, their visions of the future began to diverge and they started to clash. And just like Steve Jobs, she was kicked out of her own company. Oh my God. You think I can be kicked out of your own company? But she was bereft for a while, just lost. And someone told her, why don't you go talk to Nikki and Teresa? I think they might be able to help you out. So anyways, we met with her and, you know, we loved on her. We poured into her and we also uh, saw her message needed to be tightened up. So we helped her dial in her message. We saw that she needed uh, to be clear on who she helped and what problems she solved. So we, we helped to get all that figured out. And she was like, you know, a, a consultant, right? Like a, like a solopreneur in her first month she made ten thousand dollars in profit she was thrilled in her second month she made twelve thousand in her third month she made eighteen thousand in her fourth month she made sixty two thousand two hundred dollars in profit which was wonderful for her for a single month right it was a great amount of money and um you know she lived in lives still in ottawa i live in toronto that's a five-hour drive and my son, my eldest son plays soccer, or as I like to call it, the real football, because it's actually played with your feet. <laughs> right. So we, uh, he had a tournament in Ottawa. She had a son his age. So I called her up and I said, hey, how would you and your son like to come watch a game with the tournament? Maybe grab some lunch. And she said, that sounds wonderful. So they came. We all hung out. My son's team won the tournament. Everybody was happy. And then we ended up driving home. A few weeks later, We had um, one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. This is where we show people how to become a branded thought leader. And we were at the part of the event where we show people how they can continue to work with us. The famous upsell, (laughs) you know what I mean? And the way that we did that and still do that is I speak for a couple of minutes. Then I have some of our people share what they're getting out of working with us, right? More effective than just having me ramble on. And so when it came time to say, who would like to share? She just bounded on stage. Didn't wait for me to pick on her and said, me. I'm like, okay, great. 
And as soon as she got on stage, guys, she just started bawling, like crying, torrents. Her makeup was running. We had to get her like Kleenex. And like any red-blooded man faced with a crying woman, I panicked inside. What did I do wrong? Why is she mad at me? I mean, why is she crying? I maintained a calm and placid exterior, but that's what was going on inside my head. And then she turns to look at me in between her sobs. She goes, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you and your little son came to visit me and my little son, my little son, in that way little boys do, came to me and said, mommy, mommy, who are we going to go meet? Who are we going to go meet? Tell me, tell me, tell me. And she goes, oh, we're going to go meet Nikki Ballou and his son. And then she said, all of a sudden, my sweet little boy became very quiet, very serious, and said, oh, mommy, are we going to meet the man who saved our family? And guys, I'm not a man who cries in public, but I started to cry. Hmm. We hugged. And hmm. she said to me, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when I came to visit you the first time, the bank was about to foreclose on our home. I hadn't paid our mortgage in months. My husband and I were fighting every day like cats and dogs over money in front of our kids. They thought we were going to break up, and I wasn't so sure we were going to make it either. So you helping us deal with this financial thing that saved our family. Wow. That's an incredible story. Incredible. What a note to I'm leave on. Somebody like her to jump on my appointment calendar. That's why I wanted to tell you the story first. Mm -hmm. Someone who's hurting. And if you're looking for somebody to talk to you and listen, I'd be honored to do that for you. Beautiful. That beautiful. is beautiful. We encourage anybody click on the link right there and, uh, talk to Nikki. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to put it in the show notes to you guys. In the show notes and make sure everybody knows about it. Yeah. What a fabulous story to end on Nikki. Thank you. Thank yep. you so much for sharing your story and your time with us. We appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate the work that you're out there doing too. And, uh, and, uh, we paired it right back to you. And, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys doing what you do and bringing me on the show. This was absolutely tremendous. Thank you. Yes. And we'll, uh, we'll have to have Teresa on too. That would be great. Yeah. It yeah, would. yeah it would. Hey, thank you guys for listening here at brand face. We do this for prosperity. When we talk about prosperity, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about a true 360 of the abundant life that we truly wish for every one of y'all. We know that prosperity favors the bold. So we say be, be bold, bold folks, especially with your brand. All right. Thank you, Mr. Nikki. And thank you, Miss Tanya. Thank you. Thank you guys. <laughs> Brought to you by Brandface, the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.